The Orange FM. another episode of Bad Wolf Radio, a discussion and review podcast all about Doctor Who. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Goins, and I'm here with a man who's more than happy to get out of 1964, jump into his TARDIS, and come back to 2014, Adam Farmer. Yes, yes, and you know why? Because we are just a week out of the very first episode of season eight of Doctor Who. Yeah. No more reviews of classic episodes, although they were getting pretty good. We're now back to the future. Yeah, we love you, William Hartnell, but we're ready. I think we're ready for some Peter Capaldi. Yes, I think we are. I think we're ready for uh, a little bit of, wow, I almost said PC, which is Peter Capaldi. Um, yeah, never mind. We're ready for Peter Capaldi. Um, things have definitely started looking good the more that we've seen of them leading up to this. Definitely. So it's been a while since we recorded an episode. Um, we said we were going to go, you know, on this month to month phase, but I think we got a little carried away and went more like a month and a half since our last recording. So we kind of have a lot of news to catch up on. Timey wimey, you know how it goes. Things true, just kind of yeah. get away from you. Just jump in your TARDIS, jump back a couple weeks and we're right on time. Exactly. So one of the big things we missed um, that came out, I think more than a month ago now, um, was the season eight trailer, like the the real trailer, not the 15 second one that we got before. Right. And we were, I was, I was pretty disappointed uh, our last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago when we had our first quote unquote trailer for season eight of Doctor Who. Pretty bummed that it was 15 seconds. It wasn't really anything other than the doctor with a strobe light um, standing in what we thought was the TARDIS. Um, definitely not a trailer to write home about, but this trailer, this one got me excited. And I do have to admit, Adam, you were right. Cause I was kind of making fun of you a little bit when you were saying that the TARDIS was in like its death throes. And I was like, I think it's just like a special effect, you know, some sparks just to make it look cool. But in this trailer, we got a, a close up. The, the TARDIS is actually on fire. The, the console is exploding. There's flames, you know, so you were right. The, I don't know if I, I still don't know if I call it death throws, but it definitely was. Uh, it was struggling there. Well, thank you, and I I just want this to go on record because I'm pretty sure this is going to be the first instance of a running theme as we work our way through season eight of you saying, Adam, you were right because <laughs> once we get to Sherwood Forest, once we get to all the other episodes that I've kind of tossed out my theories on, you will see how right I was. Well, we have a couple other things coming up later in the episode that I'll save where I was right. So I'm going to totally one-up you on this stuff. But for now, I will give you this concession. You were right on this yes. one thing. Thank you. Thank you. So overall thoughts on um, on the big Season 8 trailer, the, the whopping 1-minute and 10-second trailer that we got to see. Life returns. I don't think I know who the Doctor is anymore. Life prepares. I'm the Doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. I've made many mistakes. And it's about time that I did something about that. Where are we going? Into darkness. Here we go again. Clara, tell me. My good man. I don't know. I thought it was a good trailer. It got me excited for the show. Every everything that they seem to be releasing right now gets me a little bit more excited for the return of Doctor Who. And any doubts that I had of Peter Capaldi being the Doctor or working as the Doctor are really starting to fall away. And I'm really starting to 
embrace him as as the doctor and uh i can see it now i there was a couple scenes in the trailer uh where they have the one where he's kind of sitting there almost like brooding and then his eyes kind of flick up and look right into the camera and you know just that moment alone i was like wow this guy looks intense like i this is a doctor i would follow this is this is a doctor i'd get into the tardis with i'm i'm right there with you there's something about and they've done I mean, we'll probably see it. They've done an incredible job of editing right now. And it seems like all those random threads that have been coming out ever since, um, ever since really the, the Christmas special, um, all the random threads are starting to come together where it's, it's no longer just, um, Peter Capaldi, old doctor, you're starting to see all the mentions of him being a darker doctor um, that, that it's going back to the classic doctor who that the, he, he's not going to be as jovial. His relationship with Claire is going to be different. You're starting to see all these threads be woven together and really come to fruition. The trailers that they've given us up to, or ever since the season eight trailer, fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing what, the truth behind the clips are the clips have me excited, but I really want to know, okay, what's the surrounding context? What does it really look like? Well, let's stick to this specific trailer where, what else in this trailer stuck out to you? Like what were some key moments in this, uh, this minute long trailer? Yeah. Um, one of the first things that, that jumps out to me is the Dalek voice as the narrator to get started. Um, just the comments that he's making as far as like, life is no more or or life comes back again. Life then fails. We have a Dalek. Um, We were going back and forth, whether or not we've seen the last of the Daleks for a while or whether they'll be making their way back in. I'm pretty sure that the season eight trailer gives us a pretty good indication that the Daleks are, are back. They're not going to just disappear. We're not going to go with full season without seeing them. They're going to be a pretty big player in what we have coming. So I heard some people speculating that wasn't just any Dalek. Like that was the, oh man. And I'm... Davros? Yes. Yes. Is that right? Right. So a lot of people were speculating that that was not just a Dalek. That was him and that we may see a return of that character. What do you, do you think that's a possibility? Did you pick up on that at all? Uh, I didn't pick up on that at all, but that would be... Really interesting. I mean, in fact, one thing. Entertainment Weekly. So that's pretty legit site. You know, this isn't just like bluebox.com or whatever. I don't know if there is a such thing. But, <laughs> there is now. <laughs> but even Entertainment Weekly has an article called, or that says, New Doctor Who teaser is Davros back. And, and so they're, they're speculating on that voice being very recognizable. So. Huh. That would be interesting. One thing that did stick out to me watching the trailer, um, they had a lot of unique looking, I don't know if they were villains or maybe just additional characters, um, but they had a lot of unique looking characters in the trailer. None of them really stuck out to me as being a menace. Um, we have the, even the dude with the, the half face and the flamethrower for a hand. Oh, we will, we will talk about him, but even even he didn't seem like that big of a menace. I mean, we're we're coming off of um some pretty big episodes with the Daleks. We've we know that the Cybermen just from other things that have come out are going to be making an appearance, but we don't have a there hasn't been a new villain that has really struck fear. I mean, we've had in past seasons um the weeping angels we've had the silence different newer villains that definitely um instill some fear i'm wondering if it might be time to bring back an older villain um we've already heard rumors of the master coming back but an older villain that really once again drops us into the nostalgia of the classic doctor and really gives peter capaldi a chance to shine if davros is the is the character that would be That'd be pretty amazing. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that I guarantee you that the Master will return as Peter Peter Capaldi is the Doctor. During his time frame as the Doctor, the Master will return. 
is it is it uh never mind i'm not it's not anything i know it's not any spoilers i've heard it's not any like inside information i'm just based on the fact that the master needs to come back in its time matt smith's entire run went without the master right so it's been you know matt smith was the doctor for um how many seasons was it set three seasons yep so we had three seasons straight no master so I think it's I think we're due, and I think this is the perfect time to bring him back. So I don't, I guarantee you that he'll be back. Maybe not season eight, but probably season nine. We'll take it. I, I I'm I'm cool with that. Honestly, it just seems like it fits to start bringing back some old faces, some old names. Um, Plus, yeah, now that we have Capaldi, who's supposed to be kind of this darker Doctor, it makes sense, you know, to have that darker, menacing villain you know, to come at this time, you know, Smith might not have worked too well with the master. That might've been too much of a, you know, Smith was too of the happy soft. Yeah. The happy go lucky. I don't know if he could have dealt with the master, you know, that, yeah, that's interesting. And that brings up another thing that stuck out to me in the trailer. So after we get past the Dalek or (laughs) the mystery character, uh, narrative or narration, we get to Capaldi himself saying, I'm the doctor. I've lived over 2,000 years. I've made mistakes. It's about time I do something about that. Um, that is a really interesting line, I think, to have tossed out into the trailer. It, it definitely feels like it go, could go multiple ways. Um, what mistakes has he made? Is it that he's a... Since he's taking a, a darker approach to things, is it that he's shown mercy too much over the past... Um, couple seasons is it time for him to start cleaning house um, will he start to be a little bit more drastic in his measures I, I thought that was a really interesting line any thoughts on that he's gonna go find the time lords and kill them again <laughs> <laughs> yes he's gonna put that cup of soup in the microwave and let it boil he's gonna be like those three doctors were such wusses <laughs> they should have just hit the stupid button yes so that that will be his big uh, moment i don't know yeah that's it is interesting to hear him say he has made many mistakes and i think that's a common theme with doctor who you know the doctor has made many mistakes and caused many deaths so but i don't know but what like he can do about of, it but but coming off the 50th anniversary episode where i mean how many minutes did they they spend covering the mistakes that the doctor made and i thought they made those mistakes right with what they did so now we have the next regeneration of the doctor basically saying i've made so many mistakes so which way is he going to go with it is he counting what he just did as a mistake um like you said is he thinking that the past three doctors were too soft past four doctors were too soft and it's time to time to take a different approach it'll be interesting to see that's you know i think that's one of the huge questions that we're all waiting to see the answer to is, is Capaldi really going to be much different or are they just trying to make it seem like that get us all hyped up for it in the trailers, but then maybe he really won't be that much different. So we'll see. Yeah. Next but, bullet, next bullet point. When he says into the darkness. Well, I wanted to jump back before you went away from the whole 2000 years thing. Yeah, go for because it. I know you, we were talking earlier before we started recording, you were kind of, trying to figure out the math behind that. So did you come up with any solutions why, how he is uh, 2,000 years old now? Last time we checked, he was only somewhere in the, the 1,500 range, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I tried to go back through some older episodes, or not the, not older episodes. Went back through uh, Day of the Doctor and then the 50th anniversary episode it's just to figure out like where we are at. And so in the 50th anniversary episode, when they're all locked in the Tower of London and they're discussing how long it has taken, that, or the war doctor is discussing with Tennant and Smith how long it's taken them to forget about how many people they killed on Gallifrey. Um, and Tennant tosses out a number and then Smith says, I'm 1,200 or, or yeah, 1,200 or something. Um, so probably around 1,200 years old. And then he... The next episode we have is Day of the Doctor, and he spends 300 years in the town called Christmas. Um, so that gives us roughly around 1,500 years old. And then 
I'm thinking that the phrase that we hear where he says that he's lived for 2000 years old, he's talking to Clara, probably the first episode we're going to get to see of season eight. So we're missing probably around 500 years. The only thing that I can think to reconcile this is in my mind is some time between uh, the 50th anniversary episode where he kind of just flies off by himself. And then we see him show up in day of the doctor picking Clara up. She rides her motorcycle into the TARDIS that something took place in between there that ate up the, the 500 years that are missing. But yeah, I have no idea. I'm trying to figure that, that out in my mind. Maybe something else comes up where he ditches Clara for a while and then he comes back to her. Uh, That's in what between, I think it is. In between the town called Christmas and, yeah. and where we are now. I think right after he regenerates into Capaldi, um, I think he ditches her for a while and comes back. And the reason I'm saying that is in the next trailer, um, I believe it's in the next trailer, where Clara says... You know, it's the doctor. What's he doing here? So it's like she's surprised to see him. So I believe maybe that is why. I don't know. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't. Now, was he gone for 500 years? I don't know. He was in the town of Christmas for 300 years. What a waste of his 300 years. Am I right? (laughs) We've already talked about this. We've already (laughs) talked about this. We disagree on that point. I think it was a grand use of his years. He saved one town. 300 years. I mean, come on. Think of all the galaxies he could have saved. And he didn't have to die an old man spinning his cane <laughs> around. Okay. Well, it's the principle of the We thing. don't have to talk about it. But yeah, so Into Darkness. Yes, that's a Star Trek title. So it was interesting that they used that. You know, where are we going? Into Darkness. You know, it's kind of cheesy, kind of cool at the same time. I, I actually liked it. I liked it. And then the whole question we had kind of already discussed, uh, you know, he asked her if he's a good man, which uh, she doesn't know. Yeah, I that I think that's the highlight of everything leading up to uh, the actual premiere of season eight, that line in and of itself, the rest of the trailer was good, but that line in and of itself is what got me, got me ready for Dr. Who. The very fact that he even asks that question and Clara says that she doesn't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for this. Yes. I'm so ready. I'm, I'm ready for Matt Smith as much as I loved him. You know, I, I'm ready for that that personality of the Doctor to be dead. And uh, I'm ready for something different. And this seems like it's going to be something different. Yeah, definitely. So, so let's jump into, there's been another trailer that came out more recently. And this is specifically the trailer for the new episode, the, the premiere episode that's coming out um, in just over a week. And uh, so that's for the deep, the episode Deep Breath. Um what thoughts did you have on that trailer? Uh, some of the same stuff that was in the season eight trailer pops up again here, but some new stuff too. Yeah, that's. I watched this one quite a few times, just trying to take it all in because I have a hard time <laughs> believing that all of this is from a single episode, and I know it is. I I know it is because it is the deep breath episode one of season eight trailer so it's not like they're splicing things together but it just seems all over the place there's a dinosaur yeah i know i mean dinosaurs on a spaceship was that not your favorite episode from uh (laughs) (laughs) from that season are we not done with that like that that was like we open up and there's a dinosaur roaring like a la Jurassic Park. All we missed was a banner dropping on the, in, in the dinosaur's mouth and raptors jumping all over this dinosaur. Um, but then even watching like further into the clip, it's not just a dinosaur. He's not on a, on a spaceship this time. He's in 18th century London. Like he's just marching around. And then you go further in the trailer. He's not only marching around, but there's one point where he bursts into flames. Which leads me to believe that the dinosaur is not a a natural creature, is not a biological dinosaur. It must be a mechanical dinosaur. Um, you know, to set a living creature on fire seems a little bit out of bounds for Doctor Who and the, the kind of more child audience that they're aiming for. So I'm going to go on a limb and say that that is a, mecha- a mechanical dinosaur, plus the thing is humongous, like bigger than any T-Rex I've ever seen. Yes. So I believe... 
and the time period that it's in, you know, steampunk and all that. I think that we're, I think we have a mechanical dinosaur on our hands. And what, what also lends to that theory is another part of the trailer that pops out is man with half a face and flamethrower for his arm. So steampunk, possibly robot, cyborg, android, quite possibly, um, but it kind of lends itself to the idea that the dinosaur is a robot itself. And we get a scene with the doctor on a horse in his pajamas, which is actually something that if you've been following the, you know, kind of the sets, the set picture spoilers, that's one of the very first images that ever came out of Peter Capaldi as a doctor. Um, if you remember, he was actually wearing pajamas and it was kind of like, oh, what, you know, what's the new doctor's outfit going to be? And this was way back before they ever revealed it. So the very first image we saw of him was him in these pajamas. And now we're kind of seeing that, you know, in an actual clip where he's riding the horse wearing those those pajamas. Yep, he has his his nightgown on. Um, yes, nightgown is a better word to describe that. Yeah, it's definitely one of those wonderful 18th century toe-length nightgowns. And he's on a horse. I don't know how that works. Not terribly modest on his part. And not the first time we've seen the Doctor in pajamas because Tennant did that as well in the uh, Christmas Invasion episode. Yes, where he good was, point. He was sick and, you know, running around and eventually running around in his PJs and saving the world. I wonder so, if he has fruit in his pockets. Yeah, so this may be a, maybe a callback to that. Maybe, you know, he's just regenerated, so maybe he's going to go through that sick spell again, um, you know, so he's in his PJs. So it'll be interesting to see how they how that all works out. But, yeah, we get that scene. And then uh, we have a couple characters, you know, fan favorite characters that are back. Yes, we have uh, Vastra, Lizard Lady. We have Ginny, her companion. And although he does not show up in the trailer, we do have earlier um, photos from onset of Strax making up the rear at some point. So we got we we have the the three from London. And we have Clara back in her 18th century garb. Um, so I don't know if she's going to be a nanny again or if she's just trying to look, period. Which we've gotten that a couple times now, haven't we? With them coming back to this time period. Yeah, we have. We definitely have. How do you feel about that? Um, are you ready to see these characters back so soon? They were kind of a big part of the Doctor's end, um, you know, with the tomb and all that stuff. So. Are you ready for them to be back, or did we need a little bit of a break from these characters? It, it It's really interesting. Um, they played such a huge part in the Doctor's life when he transitioned from the Ponds um, to Clara. It's interesting that we're now seeing this big transition with the three, not for the Doctor, who's who's making a change of his companions, but for Clara, who's making a change to her doctor. Um, honestly, I'm hoping that this is the last that we see of them. Um, I feel like their story has run. I don't feel like they really have much to offer Capaldi moving forward other than to show us at this point in time that he is a completely different doctor. And I think maybe that's what they're there for. But yeah, I'm I'm okay with it this once. But if this is going to be a common theme throughout season eight, I think it might be um, worn out. I completely agree with you, Adam. I'm ready for these characters to be gone. They they had their run. I enjoyed them for the most part. There were things about the characters that I didn't love. And they definitely fit more in with the Smith feel of Doctor Who. They do seem a bit goofy. Strax is an extremely goofy character. Good comedy relief, but... You know, if they're going to try to go a little bit more serious with the Doctor, a little darker, I don't know how well these characters fit in with that. Yeah. So I'm ready for them to kind of maybe this, hopefully this episode is maybe their goodbye and then he can move on, you know, focus more on Clara as a companion, maybe pick up another companion. We know Danny Pink is coming, you know, in some way or another. So, you know, let's clear, let's clear the deck and let's get some new characters in here. I'm ready for these to be gone. I I I think you're you're dead on. I think this might be just the beginning of a farewell tour. I think we might be saying goodbye to quite a few recurring characters early on. Um, River yeah, it'll Song. be. I 
I hope we've already said goodbye to her. Okay. I know that there's been some rumors here and there that have kind of cropped up as far as whether Moffat's willing to to make that leap and bring her back, but I I have a feeling that she's she's done. I don't think she's going to be showing back up, and I'm honestly wondering how long Claire is going to stick around. Um that's just my own wonderings, nothing based on absolutely nothing, but wondering how long before we see her take her last step out of the TARDIS. Um, the next thing that kind of stuck out to me about this, this short trailer was Clara saying you've, you've, uh, you've redecorated. Uh, I don't like it, which the only reason why that sticks out to me is because it is the validation that the TARDIS looks different on the inside. We have a new TARDIS um, kind of looking forward to seeing how it's set up. I really liked Matt Smith's TARDIS. Um, I'm interested to see how much different Capaldi's TARDIS is. But yeah, so I, that was a great quote, you know, from from Clara. You've redecorated. I don't like it. Yeah. And then uh, another good quote I thought was, um, you know, the doctor shows up on the horse and Clara's like, oh, it's the doctor. What's he doing here? And then you have uh, Vastra who says, there's trouble. Where else would he be? You know, I thought that was a good line. Yeah, I, that was a solid line from that trailer. Um, another one of those Doctor Who lines that gets you excited. So, yeah, so that trailer, both the trailers that we've gotten so far, pretty solid. Uh, you know, like you said, the dinosaur thing has me a little worried. I'm not sure I'm going to like this this premiere episode uh, with with the inclusion of Strax and Jenny and and the dinosaur and this guy with the flamethrower arm, it all looks a little odd. So I don't know how much I'm going to love the premiere episode, but I am still excited for the season as a whole. Well, if, if I know you, I would say watch the episode once, give it three days, watch the episode again, and it will dramatically improve in your mind. Um, And I don't want to talk to you until after the second time you've watched it. (laughs) because <laughs> i will probably be madly in love with the episode until i talk with you and then it'll be like oh you're right i just watched it with fanboy eyes aaron's ruining this for me again uh, actually we have <laughs> but, a... but then we talk like a week later and you're like you know what i watched it again and it actually was better than what i thought it was <laughs> i still hate old man matt, matt smith uh, no matter how many times i watch it that was such a mistake um, but so we actually got like a an official synopsis. So it might put a or you know it might put a little bit of uh, clarity on what's going on in this episode. So I'm going to read this. This is the official synopsis for the premiere episode, Deep Breath. Go for it. When the Doctor arrives in Victorian London, he finds a dinosaur rampant in the Thames in a spate of deadly spontaneous combustions. Who is the new doctor, and will Clara's friendship survive as they embark on a terrifying mission into the heart of an alien conspiracy? The doctor has changed. It's time you knew him. So, there's that. Actually, no, it doesn't add any light to it. No, it doesn't. Other than we know that a doctor or a, do- a dinosaur is spontaneously combusting, and I really want to start using the word spate in everyday discussions. And the di- or the dinosaur apparently is coming from the river, so that's kind of a Godzilla-esque storyline. But yeah, so interesting for sure. And there's an alien conspiracy. Yeah, that that is a little bit of a that that does add a little bit of a twist to it because you you don't really get the alien vibe out of the uh, out of the trailer. So yeah, there is some sort of an alien conspiracy going on. So maybe that maybe it is a real dinosaur. Maybe it's some kind of a Alien. Dinosaurs on a spaceship? Not an actual dinosaur, but some sort of alien creature that looks like what we think of as a dinosaur. Or an alien was flying a spaceship, and it had dinosaurs on it, and it crashed in the Thames. And then the dinosaur had spaceship fuel all over it. <laughs> and so it's not actually spontaneously combusting. It's just on fire. All right. So moving on. The- <laughs> The one, before I said there was a couple things that I was right about, and I wanted to spotlight one of them here. Yeah, go for it. So I've been preaching that the whole idea that Capaldi was, you know, his that he was in Doctor Who before in a Tenth Doctor episode, Fires of Pompeii. So, and I would keep saying it, it, there is some sort of a connection. 
And I believe that the more information we get out of this, I know Moffat has already kind of hinted at there, that there is a connection. And now Capaldi has said, um, I believe he was a guest on a radio show, that he has said that there is some sort of a connection. So um, this is what he said. He says, the full answer is not there, but the question is certainly addressed. And, and this is in reference to um, him showing up before. And then he adds, it's something that you'll discover. The doctor is always influenced, influenced in his regenerations by things that are around him. But you also have to question who that character was in Pompeii. Perhaps he was not who he said he was. So, so Capaldi knows something. Yeah, uh, I I don't think it's going to be a big like, you know, connect the dots reveal, but there will be some sort of a reference to it, I believe. You know, Moffat has already kind of said said such and who knows, Moffat always you never can tell if he's being serious or he's just start trying to throw people off. But the fact that Capaldi has now referenced it, um I believe there will be some sort of a a connection. Yeah, like the first part of that where he says the doctor's always influenced in his regenerations by things that are around him. Yeah, I mean, we've, I'm pretty sure someone has even said that before. The most intriguing part of this is by far when he says, but you also have to question who that character was in Pompeii. Perhaps he was not who he said he was. That is so stinking intriguing that I have a hard time putting any weight behind that whatsoever. I think that is just a straight-up misdirect. I I have a hard time thinking that they're going to do anything with that one. I think the first part of his statement is the whole truth, and it it doesn't go any farther than that. That's my story. I'm sticking to it, and I refuse to say that you were right. Wait, so you're saying that you still believe they're not going to tie that up? I, I don't think they're going to tie that up. Even really though he don't. says, his, the first part of his statement is, the full answer is not there, but the question is certainly addressed. Yeah, that means that they're not going to give a full answer. They're just going to be like, oh yeah, this is, this is just what it is. Huh. So they may just drop some line about Pompeii, and then he'll like give a little wink and nod to the camera, and then that's it. <laughs> yep, that's what he's gonna do. No, I, like it's almost saw... as hot here as as hot here as it was in Pompeii that day. <laughs> wink. Yes. Wow, it looks like that dinosaur was straight from Vesuvius. <laughs> Which uh, it should actually be Pompeii, so I don't know why. I and said then the Vesuvius. dinosaur winks. Yes, then the dinosaur winks. Okay. No, I I. I don't know. This is one of those ones that I have a hard time. I just, I just can't in my mind put together how they could reconcile this. Like, I don't know how they could go back to, um, it it, it wasn't even a Moffat episode, right? The, uh, fires of Pompeii. It was a, it was a Davies uh, episode, right? As far as showrunner. Correct. Um, I don't know who wrote that episode, but I know... I mean, Moffat was on the team at some point. Right. He was writing episodes back then, so he was involved in Doctor Who at the time. And he's just a, a disciple of Doctor Who, so he's well aware of you know all of these storylines and the fact that Capaldi was in the show before. Yeah. It's, it's just, just a wasted opportunity in my mind. You know, yeah, He was but a it's prominent enough things. character in that episode... And so recognizable as the actor, like not in makeup, you know, he was, he was Peter Capaldi. I mean, he looked like he looks as the doctor basically. So there has to be some reference in my mind. It's just a wasted opportunity. It's a timey-wimey show. Why not have some kind of timey-wimey explanation as to why he's the same guy? I I guess my biggest fear is um, looking back and trying to tie loose ends together that you never intended to have a story um, revolving around, it can make it look really messy and make things just seem very cheap. I guess. Oh, since and when my, did they care about that? I um, know, I know, right? I, I just, it, it's one thing though for, I don't know, it's one thing for you to see things early on in the episode and have have the story coherently lead to at least some explanation, no matter how off the wall that explanation is. But this is just like a huge opportunity, like you said, that they would be taking advantage of. It, I just, I just, I'm, 
I'm hoping that they don't go that route. But if they do, I hope that they do it really well. Okay. So we're both we're on opposite sides of the fence on this one. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it'll be a little bit more significant I th- than you think. So we'll see. We'll How how far do you think we have to get into the season before this is referenced? Because Clara has no idea. Everybody who would have any idea that if there's even any similarity, they don't exist anymore. I so, don't even know. I could see them saving it for some kind of a big final episode where they're tying up you know, all kinds of timey-wimey stuff and they're trying to leave a big cliffhanger and there's some connection to that. You know, I, I, I'll i give them to the end of the season. If it doesn't happen by the end of the season, then I'll kind of concede, you know what, they're, they're just not going to reference it. But So what if they, what if within the first 30 seconds of the first episode, he looks in the mirror, he sees himself, he makes some comment and then it's done at that point. How are you going to feel? Like, I've seen that face before. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. It, yeah, that it would be a little disappointing that that's all it was, but I'd still be happy that they at least referenced it. Or or something like, "Oh, so this is this is where the face comes from?" Like, what if it was something along those lines? So he's giving some some comment saying, "I was wondering when that was going to come up again." <laughs> um, yeah, if it's a clever line about it, some kind of a, a reference uh, that'll make me happy, sure. I kind of hope they tie it into the bigger narrative, but if they don't, I'll at least be happy with some sort of a reference. All right, so I think that's enough about that, and we can move on. And there was actually a couple other, beyond the trailers, there's been a couple other clips that have been released. Um, I think there was like a BBC spot um, on you know on the news where they had, they were interviewing Capaldi, and then throughout the interview there was a few different clips from the season, which a couple of them were at least notable so I wanted to bring that up. Um, did you catch those? Uh, I didn't. Oh, okay, so you haven't you haven't seen the the clip with the Dalek in the closet? Ah, I've seen part of that just from a another clip. Yeah. Okay, I think it might be the same thing that you saw. Okay, they kind of had it all connected together. But did you see it on the Nerdist? I did. Okay, yeah, it's the same clips. They just I think they cut them out of the BBC interview. But yeah, so. Yeah, I thought there was two things that stuck out to me in these clips. You have the first clip that pretty much just shows the same scene we've already seen of the doctor asking Clara if he's a good man. So we got that. We've already seen that. But there's also a scene where he's talking to some people and he's saying, she's not my assistant. Is that? What I th- did you see that clip? Yes, yes. She's not my she's, assistant. She's, she's something, something else. She's some other word. She's Which some you're other kind word. of like thinking companion, you know, because yeah. that's what we always call it. But he says uh, she's his carer, and uh, which I thought was funny because then he follows it up with the line, she cares so I don't have to. Yeah. And I think, you know, that fits in really nice with the idea that this is a, a you know, kind of a, a meaner doctor, you know, saying he doesn't care. So, so I, I thought that was a kind of a clever line. This is Clara, not my assistant. She's uh, some other word. I'm his carer. Yeah, my carer. She cares, so I don't have to. She cares, so I don't have to. Good line. Yeah. And so. then we have the uh, other clip where sh- it shows them there's some kind of a Dalek in this closet with all these wires hooked up to it. And, uh, you know, so there's a little bit of mystery there. And I think the doctor says something about this Dalek is malfunctioning because it feels or it, it's become good or something. Yeah, a, a doctor's uh, a Dalek so like yeah, a Dalek so malfunctioned that it it actually is good, and something about a mutation of of morality, right? And yeah, so it, have, it was a weird line. We have the Dalek voice in the trailer. Now we have an actual Dalek showing up in a clip, so we know that there is is definitely going to be some appearances of the Dalek race. So that's uh that's always good, you know. Stick, and I, stick with the classics. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting because we've we've had just this feel over the past couple of seasons of how the doctor approaches a Dalek and in some senses out of pity, he never goes full bore scorched earth with Daleks. I'm wondering if all these appearances of a Dalek are just going to show us how dark the doctor has become. Um it might be yeah, I wonder if Okay, so I'm going out on a limb here, but the the Daleks have always been set up as being the 
nihilistic. They're the evil ones. They're the ones who go to the extreme to destroy everything. I wonder if they're now going to be used as a foil to show just how far the doctor has fallen. And now he's going to be no better than the Daleks and what he's doing. And maybe that's going to be what chases Claire away. Isn't that kind of what happened in the, in, uh, Eccleston's episode where he saw the Daleks again? And he yeah. Was, he was kind of like, you know, the Dalek. And th- this clip actually very much mirrors that because you have the scene where he walks into the room. The Dalek is kind of all tied up. And that's very similar to what happened with Eccleston. Yes. He saw the Dalek. And so I, I'm wondering if there's some purposeful mirroring here. But yeah, it kind of, that's kind of what happened with Eccleston where he was realizing that he was as bad as they were at this point because he was wanting them dead. And, you know, he was trying to kill them. So, But now since he doesn't have all the guilt of destroying Gallifrey, maybe he has some some space left in his heart for blackness to creep in. To kill the, to, to kill the Daleks all over again for the millionth yes. time. Yes. Until they come back in time again. And, and <laughs> you can't beat these guys. You really Until can't. Until they have an arc somewhere else stored waiting for the, the destruction of everything. So do you, think, do you think they were at Unit or Torchwood? I wasn't even jumping to either of those, but yeah, it's it's a good question. I was thinking it was more some kind of a, you know, some place that really didn't know what they had in their hands, you know, An independent research facility. And the doctor comes in to kind of be like, oh, okay, this is you know, you guys need my help here because I know about this these aliens. Whereas if it was Unit or Torchwood or something like that, I don't know if if they would have really brought him in necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. So again, very much like Eccleston where it's a museum and the Daleks in the basement. Right. Yes. Um, this seemed like some sort of a science facility. Yeah. Uh, just in the small clip that we got. It was cool to see the, the Dalek. Yeah, but... for sure. And there, there won't be any tricks this time because now we know Daleks can fly. So as they try to run up the stairwell to get away from the Daleks, they will know that they can fly up the stairwell. Yes. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Peter Jackson. Yeah, Peter Jackson. What shall we say about Mister Jackson? So there was there was this like kind of wild rumor a long time ago that Peter Jackson was interested in in um, directing an episode of Doctor Who. Eventually, kind of got some buzz for a while and then kind of died. But then it came back recently that there was actually a little bit of uh, truth to that rumor that he was actually interested in directing an episode and it might be more likely than we had originally thought. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's one of those things that after you finish up your, your next biggest trilogy (laughs) and the final episode of the Hobbit shows in December, what else are you going to do? Right. You, you, you might as well shoot an episode of Dr. Who they can pay you with a gold Dalek and everything is good. Um, really, really interesting rumor. Um, one that I love because it just shows the potential fan capacity of Peter Jackson. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one. I'd say that this would be the biggest, probably the biggest thing that they, that they've had happen to Dr. Who. If you bring Peter Jackson in. Oh, definitely. This would... I, I know they've gotten like Neil Gaiman to write episodes before, you know, they've had some pretty big guest stars like John Hurt. But to actually have one of the mm-hmm. most successful film directors um, come in and direct an episode of Doctor Who, that's I mean, that's a pretty big deal. I think that would bring a lot of attention to the show. So I'm pretty excited about the possibility and just to see what he would come up with just because he has such a cool vision. You know, I'm a big fan of the Lord of the Rings films. The Hobbit films, not as much, but still enjoyed them. So I'd be really curious to see how he would come at Doctor Who and, and put his stamp on it. The the two areas that scare me about this is number one, budget. It's, I mean, literally he has all of New Zealand at his fingertips when it comes to the, to the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, Tolkien movies. What would he be able to do with a BBC budget? Would he be able to take advantage of all the special effects that he's used to, all the the after effects that he's used to dumping into things? And number two, what would it look like an hour long? I mean, we all know Peter Jackson is known for not only the three hour movies, but also the the six hour 
um, extended editions. So would he be able to cover something and do a good job at it within an hour period of time? Is he that good of a storyteller? Um, yeah, I, I would love to see him give it a go. I just, would it be any different than what we're used to seeing with everybody else? It's actually a misdirect because he's actually working on the Doctor Who film that they haven't announced yet. That would be incredible. And you know who would be in a starring role? Orlando Bloom. Oh, who just punched Justin Bieber and made my day. So I was actually listening to a podcast the other day. Um, It's a show called The Nerdist. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I think you are. Yes. Um, Chris Hardwick is the host. Kind of a big deal podcast. Like They have a million times the number of listeners that we have. (laughs) um but he he basically interviews different you know celebrities or comedians you know those type of people um and just sits down with them for like an hour and just talks to them and you know he he ends he ends up getting a lot of really good information out of these people because he he has a certain way of talking to to the guests that he's not you know interviewing them more than just having a conversation with them and so he actually recently had andy circus on who is best known for being the motion capture uh, person for Gollum and also the voice of Gollum. Uh, he also recently did Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And, you know, he's, he's kind of famous for the whole motion capture thing. He, I think he did King Kong as well. Yeah. Um, so he was on the show and they talked about all kinds of stuff. But uh, Chris Hardwick, who is also a very big Doctor Who fan, brought up the fact that he thought that Andy Serkis would be a great doctor or master uh, character in Doctor Who and kind of asked if he would ever be interested in, in being in Doctor Who. And Andy Serkis's reaction to that was kind of funny. And I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it, but he definitely seemed like he was kind of hesitant to answer the question and almost that he had some information that he didn't want to accidentally share. You know, so he kind of was like, oh, you never know. You know, you never know what could happen kind of thing. So... <laughs> Probably reading way too much into it, but because we were just talking about Peter Jackson and Peter Jackson and Andy Serkis have a huge connection because, you know, Andy Andy Serkis being Gollum worked, you know, I think in the interview he said he was actually in New Zealand for seven years total. That's, I'm not surprised. Working on both Lord of the Rings trilogy and I, I believe he was including The Hobbit in that. So he was actually in New Zealand with Peter Jackson for seven years and he actually acted as, um, second unit director on i believe the hobbit huh so you know they have a, a tight relationship so i thought it was kind of interesting you know you have these rumors with peter jackson possibly directing an episode of doctor who and now all of a sudden you have andy circus you know kind of hemming and hauling about questions about doctor who so i was like huh wouldn't that be kind of cool if peter jackson not only was directing an episode but was directing an episode that was starring andy circus as a character maybe the master you know so reading way too much into that probably, <laughs> and it probably won't all come to fruition, but it's something fun to think about, especially if you're a fan of these, you know, of Andy Serkis or of Peter Jackson, which I'm a fan of them both. Um, it's, it's fun to think about the possibilities. It would be, it would be really odd to see uh, Andy Serkis without motion capture, like not behind a CG character. I've seen him in a couple a couple other movies and it's always so interesting to see that yes he is a real person it'd be really cool to see that translated into um doctor who and not just have him as some cg background character true i have seen him in other movies and he he does very well like he's actually a really good actor beyond just being a good motion capture actor um notably i'm gonna kind of out myself here 13 going on 30 okay (laughs) <laughs> it's actually a pretty good chick flick. Um, he plays kind of a more of a goofy com- comedic type character, but he plays like the boss of the main the main character. Um, but very good, very good acting in that movie. I enjoyed him in that film. And then another movie that is not very well known, and I can't even remember the title of it, but it's like a Brendan Fraser film where it's kind of like this fantasy story about like going into like a fairy tale book or something. And oh it, yeah. Do you, do you remember uh, the movie I'm talking about? Inkart? It might be, yeah. Good good pull there. Um but he actually plays the villain. Andy Circus plays the villain and a very master esque type of character, which seeing that movie kind of 
I can see it. You know, if you told me that Andy Serkis was going to be playing the master in a couple episodes of Doctor Who or in one episode of Doctor Who, I could buy it because I've seen him play that villainous character. Yeah, that's maybe I I don't think that's going to be the reveal that we have, but I would love to see something happen along those lines. That would be huge. So we were saying the premiere's coming up, and here's my other one. Here's my other thing that I say I'm right about. I, I'm probably not right about the Pompeii thing, but I, I'm going to claim this one because I know I'm 100% right about this. When we were speculating about the date of the premiere, this is well before they announced it, and based on the fact that the world tour was going on in the timing of that, I made the prediction that the premiere date of Doctor Who Season 8 was going to be August 23rd. Do you remember me making this prediction? I do. After we got you looking at the correct month, you did say that it was August 23rd. I went back and listened to the audio just to make sure that I was right. You know, I didn't want to make this claim if I couldn't back it up with audio proof. But yes, I I made the prediction that it was going to come out on the 23rd, and I nailed it. That was, you did. That is the exact date of the premiere that's coming out. And this whole world tour thing's going on, which we haven't really had a lot of time to talk about. Um, but it seems like it's going really well. Yeah, it, it. I would say that it is probably one of the best things to take place before season eight. Just kind of looking at some of the things that are coming out from it. Um, Peter Capaldi just in Sydney for their world tour stop and standing ovation crowd going wild it looks like it has been just an incredible thing to be a part of new york is coming up august 14th so just a couple days away from when we're recording this episode they are they are sold out um so if you're looking to sneak up to new york and get some tickets probably not going to happen but it looks like it's going to be an incredible event up there yeah, I was pondering the possibility of going to New York because it's, you know, it's like a two-hour drive for me. And I was thinking about it, but then when I saw the, you know, the tickets and they they basically said they're going to go on sale at this time. And I was thinking, there's no way, you know, you'd have to get pretty lucky to get in there and actually get that ticket. And then to hear that they're already sold out doesn't surprise me. So, it, and I think it's on a weekday too, isn't it? Yeah, it's Thursday, August 14th, Yeah, hosted so, by none other than Chris Hardwick. Okay. And one thing I noticed about this world tour, and there's a lot of like photo ops you know, for, for Capaldi and um, Jenna Coleman. Coleman, yeah. Jenna Coleman. And Danny Pink, uh, his real name is slipping my mind, but he's been on a couple of them as well. Has he? The one thing I've noticed is how good Capaldi looks. Like he doesn't look... I know he's the oldest doctor ever. Like, officially, I believe he is older than Hartnell was when he played the doctor. Yeah. And he doesn't look that. He doesn't look old. He looks like he's fit. He he's he looks young. Like, he just looks like this young, spry guy. Like, I, I don't see him as an old man doctor. Yeah, and you know what's even more? He looks like he's having fun. Yeah, like, he's always he got does... a smile on his face, and he's talking to fans. He's taking pictures with everybody, and and then Jenna Coleman's there with him, and they, you know, they look to, they look good together. Like the the doctor companion um, combination there just works like for me right now, and I'm really excited about it. You know, I think I had my doubts when he was first announced, but the more I see him, the more I see him interviewed, and his passion for Doctor Who. I mean, I don't think he's going to be you know, better than Tennant was, but man, he, he looks like he could really be a solid doctor. Yeah. One of the things that we were concerned about is riding the wave that Matt Smith created. Would Capaldi be able to carry the weight? I'd say at least at this point, it doesn't look like he's going to have any trouble. He might have to take a different approach than what Matt Smith did. Um, but he seems to be doing an incredible job right now, kind of feeding the fan base and being out there and being, what the doctor ought to be off the screen. Yeah. So that, I mean, it looks like it's going to be good. The the whole world tour thing's going great. It seems like smart move for the BBC, I think to get everybody hyped up, you know, for the season. And, um, and I guess kind of the last thing we can talk about here is there, if you, for whatever reason, miss the, the premiere episode was coming out, you know, um, in a couple Saturdays, they do. They're gonna do the whole like show it at the movie theater, like they did for the 50th anniversary, which is really a good idea. Do you plan on trying to catch one of these showings? 
Uh, I probably won't catch the showing. Uh, I have, I will have my season pass, which will come the same day that the midnight showing on August 24th will be taking place. I will have my fish sticks and custard, my bow tie pasta, and I will be enjoying Doctor Who by the comfort of my own living room. So not headed out to the theater. I'm not headed out to the theater. I tried to make it sound as exciting as I could about my living room, and <laughs> you just took it right back to the theater. No, I'm not going to the theater. I'm staying at home. I think I might be with you on this one. I I really liked the going to see the 50th anniversary. I think that was a big event, you know, with you know Tenant coming back. It was worth the trip for me. Yeah. But for this one, and from what I've seen, you know, in the previews for this this first episode, I'm not as sold on it being a theatrical worthy presentation. Um, so as of now, I don't believe I'm going to go. Uh, we're it's... not making any friends over at BBC right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm going to skip this one unless, you know, you never know. Maybe I'll watch it and enjoy it so much on Saturday that I'll want to go watch the showing in my local theater, I believe on Monday. Um, so maybe I will after I see the episode, if it's worth it. But as of now, I don't think I'm going to do that. Well, here's the thing. Like, if I didn't have a way to pick it up on iTunes, if I didn't have BBC America to watch it when it showed live, I would definitely be on my way to the theater. Um, that would be the only way I'd be able to see it, and I would want to get there that night. But because of how easy they've made it, at least for me, to be able to watch the episode... I'm going to take full advantage of that and see if I can't watch it a couple times um, that Saturday just to get a good feel for it. Yeah. Well, Adam, I'm I'm excited. I'm yes. excited about this season. It's been too long since Doctor Who's been on TV. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for a new Doctor. I'm ready for Capaldi. They've they've done it. The The marketing team has done it. They have sold me. We we have gone full circle on this. Well, not full circle. We've done a complete 180 on this. That's a better way to put it. When we were both ready to see Matt Smith walk out, um, we were ready for a change, but we weren't sure if Capaldi was really the change we were ready for. Um, that being said, I'm with you. I'm excited to see what Capaldi brings to the table. Everything I've I've read up to this point, I'm even starting to believe all those actors that were guest stars on the show who said, no, Capaldi's amazing, you'll love him. I'm starting to go back to all those interviews that I read and just kind of blew it off as just um, pomp and circumstance and really starting to believe they were onto something. This is going to be an incredible season. Now, could things go wrong? Yeah. Could the edits for the trailers just be fantastic and they're really hiding what's going on? Of course. But until I see something to make me believe otherwise, I'm all about this season. Definitely. It's been a good time talking to you about it, Adam. Definitely. It's and, been a fun episode. And no no um no first doctor reviews here. We um for those of you that tune in and hope for those who you know, the few of our fans I believe that that actually uh you know tune in specifically for our classic doctor reviews. We will be getting back to them eventually, but it will be a while. We will, from here on out, we will be just reviewing the new episodes that are coming out uh, with Capaldi, and you know we'll be doing them. You know, every time there's a new episode out, we'll have an episode, so our episodes will be a lot more frequent. But we will not be doing classic Doctor reviews again until the big break between season eight and season nine. It is going to be good. The weekly Doctor Who podcast, new episodes, Peter Capaldi, the master coming back at some point, dinosaurs in London. What? <laughs> it's going to be incredible. And it all is going to tie into Pompeii. And it's all going to tie back to a random episode that no one had any idea was going to matter five years down the road. Haters going to hate. <laughs> Later days, y'all. Later days.
When the doctor arrives in Victorian London, he finds a dinosaur rampant in the Thames. Thames? Thames. It would be Thames. (laughs) When the doctor arrives in Victorian London, he finds a dinosaur rampant in the Thames in a spate of deb... (laughs) Jeez. It's like a tongue twister, a spate of deadly spontaneous combustions. Uh, okay, go again. I'm starting over. 